Hey friends, welcome back to the Lighthouse Podcast. Uh, hey, we're approaching the end of Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. First, thank you guys so much for listening, supporting, and helping us raise awareness. Um, and but we're wrapping up a lot of our stories from families um, on our blog and just all the different social media we're doing. Uh, and it's just been a really great month to raise awareness uh, for families and for how Lighthouse supports those families. Yeah, super special. And we had such a special thing happen last week. A few of our team members got to represent Lighthouse at CureFest in D.C., which we'd never done before. Super special. Um, CureFest, if you don't know, it's an annual gathering. And it's cancer foundations come, families come. And it's all about champion research and funding and education. Um, an incredible time. We learned a lot, met some great people, some yeah. great other organizations that serve the same people we do. So Yeah, and we got to talk about the podcast yep. and how it's a free resource for, for families that are going through childhood yeah. cancer, which was really awesome, and got to promote that and share that and, and hopefully get that out to more more families that yeah. are that are sitting in that um, childhood cancer seat. So, so grateful to um, be able to really do that. Really cool, really cool opportunity for us to be able to do that. Um, so, Chris, today, yes. September 26th, in Lighthouse World, we're five days away from October, yes, which means we are. more fall. We're in the middle of fall break retreats. We have right. retreats going on right now yep. at the beach. Yep. Yeah. I'm really tired right now. And <laughs> and not as equally as important of, as that, but pretty stinking important is oh, this Saturday. Oh, boy. I was waiting to see if this was going to yeah. come up. This is, an earlier, this is an earlier Saturday. Yeah, I wasn't mentally prepared or emotionally prepared to have this conversation, but guess what? <laughs> it's that time every year where our teams get to play each other. That's right. Georgia's going to be at Auburn yes. this Saturday for a football game. And it's gotten more fun over the years as more of my boys have gone to the Georgia side. I get texts that aren't super kind. I send a great, like... <laughs> Game day, love you all. And what I get in response is not that. Yeah, you can't share that with people. No. Yeah, I can't publish no. those. No, yeah. I can't. I'm like, I raised you, gave birth to you all. Thanks a lot. Yeah. War Eagle. Go dogs. Yep, yep. It's going to be that. It's going to be a great Saturday. But it actually is, it should be a great game. should yeah. be a great game. Auburn looks like they're feed, fielding a pretty good team this year. So yeah. this should be interesting. Don't be too impressed with yourselves yet. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I've not been impressed with ourselves yet, um, um, unfortunately. Okay, um, other I'm than not. football, if other you're thinking football. about anything other than football out there, um, in October we have some great events for Lighthouse. We do. We have a one-day event that is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and we also, I'm super excited about this, we have a weekend retreat in Brevard, North Carolina. It's a new location for us. Um, it's a Young Life camp. Um, if you're interested, it's October 13th or 15th. If you're interested in either of these events, check out our website. There's more information on them. So yeah. we've got a busy October. Just we moving do. right into fall. You do. Yep. But Christy, um, to jump into our, our guest today and our mm -hmm. podcast today, speaking of Dallas-Fort Worth and... Auburn University. Auburn, Georgia. Right. <laughs> it's not more than just Auburn because That's of her true. husband. Yep. Auburn, Georgia, because yep. we even talked about it yep. on Mixed our time. Marriage. Yep. So Dallas-Fort Worth, Auburn, uh, Georgia. Um, on our podcast today, we've yes. got Courtney DeFeo. So super excited to, to sit with her. Courtney, uh, born and raised outside of Atlanta. So she's from here, but now resides in Dallas-Fort uh, Worth. I've got to say Fort Worth because... She does not consider herself Dallas. That she's, is a thing out there, yeah, apparently. Is, that, I was very careful yeah, to say Dallas, Fort Worth, Fort Worth yeah, for the Fort Worth. one day. Um, they're on that line. They're yeah. right there. Um, but graduated from Auburn University. Her husband, uh, which we'll hear on the podcast, um, is a Georgia grad. Mm -hmm. uh, and so um, they have, her and her husband, Ron, have two girls, um, Ella and Larson, amazing um, servants at Lighthouse and big fans of them and uh, and their family. Um, her passion uh, and expertise lies in equipping parents with some really practical and fun resources and ideas that are going to help families grow in their faith 
and parenting journey. Um, so she's just got a real heart uh, for that. She's an author. Um, In This House We Will Giggle is her book. Um, she's a speaker. Um, she's got a faith-based Bible study um, for mothers, for teen daughters. It's called Treasured. Um, she's got a podcast uh, that she hosts called Pardon the Mess. She gets to uh, interview some amazing, yeah. amazing yep. people out there and just talk about life, parenting, everything, and just what, what they're learning, uh, which is pretty uh, amazing. And then she's also a part of Lighthouse as a part of our uh, board. So she's a big part of the family here at Lighthouse. So Real excited to have Courtney. Let's join in on the conversation we get to have with her about parenting, mom guilt, all these things that um, are going to really benefit everybody out there that are listening. Hey, Courtney DeFeo, welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast. So glad you said yes. Um, one of our um, favorites uh, on uh, a part of the Lighthouse family and on retreat for sure. Um, you and your family, uh, we've loved. Um, not everybody listening knows a whole lot about you. We gave you a little bit of a spiel in the in the intro, but why don't you just give us a little bit more? Tell us a little bit more about Courtney DeFeo, the family of the DeFeos. It sounds like a big thing. It almost sounds like a TV show, <laughs> and all the things that Courtney DeFeo loves to do. Uh, and just yeah, give us some insight in, into the world of Courtney DeFeo. Well, thanks for having me. I love Lighthouse, and I'm really shy, and I don't like to talk, and I never like the spotlight. So this will be all right. <laughs> yeah, all the things that are not true about Courtney DeFeo. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's a microphone. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Um, well, I just told you a little bit. I'm Courtney. I'm a communicator at heart. So I like to write, speak, do all the things, have a background in marketing and met my husband 20 years, more than 20 years ago. We've been married 20 years. And where did he, and where did he go to college? He, well, he actually went to DePaul university, but he got his graduate degree his MBA from university of Georgia. That's and where did, and where did you go to school? That's Courtney? what I'm getting to. Good dogs. The best go dogs. college in the whole world, Auburn university. Four Eagles. See how this works. Bam. I was ready for you there. Yeah. Ready for is you. Yes, yeah. it? it is. It's named after a town. We're named after a state. See, you they're already what? different. You know what? We'll get into it later. Okay. Yeah. Moving, Moving on. on. We have two children. We have two girls. They're teenagers. They're both in high school. So it's eventful around our house. Larson is 14. Ella is 16 and they both love Lighthouse, but Ella is the one that is like, tell Chris, tell Chris, I'm going to be an intern. Tell Chris. So she is, has her hopes set on going to Auburn and she has her hopes set on being a Lighthouse intern. So we will both see really how it shakes out. Both really good things. Absolutely. Really, really good things. You mentioned you're a communicator. Tell us a little bit about your ministry. Um, you're a published author. You have a podcast, which means you're way more qualified at this than we are. Um, tell us what the focus is and where your passion for that came from. Yeah, I think as I look back, it's it's interesting. And I think any parent or any folks out there listening will know that God uses all the seasons. So like I said, I had corporate marketing. I was at Chick-fil-A, met Ron at a PR firm. And looking over the last 20 years, you can see how he built and used each thing. There have definitely been seasons where I was full-time in the workforce. There's been seasons where I full-time stay-at-home mom. There's been seasons where I was blogging by night and, you know, feeding a child during the day. And so they've always just been kind of this nudge from the Lord to kind of follow, follow out and live out something he was stirring in my heart. So it was less about like, Hey, I'm this expert. I want you to learn from all my wisdom. It's more like, Hey, he's teaching me this thing. I think other people might want to learn from it. And sometimes that looks like a blog post. Sometimes it looks like a podcast. Sometimes it looks like me speaking at a church and um, it's been really fun. And I want to say up front that, 
I have a lot of flexibility. So with Juan's job and him being the major breadwinner, I do have a lot of flexibility and what those seasons look like. And that's not everybody's story, but I can make it sound so flippant, like, oh, so fun. I'm playing ministry, but it has been fun to play work at times and then ramp it up and then seasons ramp it down. And right now I'm in a new season where I took on a new podcast and it's been really, really sweet and I love it. I love talking. I actually love learning more than I love talking. So I get to interview interesting guests and glean from their wisdom about parenting. So that's a, a little bit about the journey. So you say you love learning. I love that. That's really, that's really great. Um, especially in what you're doing, because, um, you know, you can, you can learn from others and then you can transition that because you're a communicator into how do I translate this to, you know, the people that I'm connecting with. What are you learning about the phase of motherhood that you are in? What are you learning about parenting now? You've got high school girls. What are you learning? Well, okay. Thank you for having this time of confession. So I don't know if you picked <laughs> up on this, but I am like the classic helicopter. I like to get involved. And I wouldn't call myself by the people know what that means. Like I am a hoverer, I'm a smoother outer, and I love being involved. And so I think my heart is right. I love my kids more than anything. Actually, I love my dog the most out of the whole situation, <laughs> but I love them a whole lot. And there's nothing I've wanted to do better or more right than my whole life than these girls and raising them well. And so that looks like sometimes getting too involved. And as they're teenagers, and you know this, I probably heard it from one of your podcasts, Chris, but you know, it's a funnel and we're letting go and we're, you know, we're stepping back and the rope is in another analogy. You're just letting the rope out some more and some more. And so when they were in first grade, like I'm there, I'm picking them up, taking them to the thing. I'm manufacturing their friends. I'm inviting the kind kids over, but as they're in high school and they're literally driving off, like it's not appropriate for me. And I have done it very recently to contact the coach, throw a fit. Then I get in trouble with the coach. Then she like falls in the stunt because I got involved. And so I've learned the really hard way. And even looking at college, like we're going to the Auburn Georgia game, depending on when this airs, um, that is something that's really important to Ella to go on her official tour. And I know a lot of people and literally just yesterday it hit me like, I cannot email these people. Like she is a junior. She yeah. has to email the professor and say, I'd love to get time with you. So I'm learning, but it feels painful. It feels like my grip is being unfurled and I don't want to let go, but it's really important for their growth. Yeah. And, and wow. I think that's all because we've learned a lot of the same. Um, when we're still learning it with Rena, it's different. Uh, we did it with the boys. You've experienced it. Yeah. All your boys are out and, and on their own. It's funny you mentioned the rope. That's a that's a thing in our house. Um, we had the conversation with the boys. Um, we we did a whole dinner, um, you know, at the end of things with them, and we literally said, "Okay, the rope is yours. Oh gosh. we don't have the rope anymore. Um, you own the rope." Did you and hand them a symbolic rope and say, know, "Here it is"? I've been holding it. We really did think about it, but it, and, and but at the same, we were just we didn't want to get that into it. But yes, right. we we know people that have done a physical rope and they like hung it on the wall kind of thing. But kind of until thing. they're bankrupt and they're like, "Hey, can I grab that rope again? I right, need yeah, right, right. five hundred bucks." That's right. <laughs> but that rope thing, it is you're letting the rope out and. We would use that with them, and we'd had that conversation with them of, all right, we're letting the rope out on this. Like, we're trusting you. You're getting more rope. And then we'd have the conversation of, hey, remember we let the rope out? We got to bring the rope back in because you made it. You didn't make a great decision. But we had that official, like, dinner ceremony with both the boys when they graduated. Like, okay, here's the right now. We actually did it their senior year because we, we treat our boys their senior year like they're on their own. Like they don't have a curfew, they're living their their world, they just have to communicate. So we actually have it at the start of their senior year of, hey, we're giving you the rope this year. 
to, mm-hmm. to live like this under our roof, right? So it's you, you have opportunities to, to learn, ask questions, and, and manage your world. But that rope thing is real. It's a it's a great analogy, and and uh, and it's. Would it be stealing that like ceremony? That's good. There may be like a monogrammed rope. There I you go. Say, I mean, for you're girls, in te- you're you can in Texas. step it up. You're yeah. in Texas. You can do all monogrammed the pageantry, rope. right? You can put it in a frame, do the whole thing. <laughs> Shadow box rope, hundred percent. Hey, I got one more confession. Are you guys ready? So okay. Ron and I went to this like three day retreat in Colorado, where our buddy Mindy lives, and she, where we were staying was across the street from another board member, and. Uh, she was like texting me the picture you just posted like i'm across the street so that was kind of funny but we did like a growth and life planning and in there the lady said hey i'm really here to talk about y'all's goals as a couple where god's going to use you but she said if i hear an area where you need counseling i'm going to tell you and you know how many areas ron defeo got for counseling goose egg zero like which i disagree with but she was like couple themes for you courtney And one of those, I think we're going to chat about today. She said, you take too much responsibility for your girls. Like Mm -hmm. you have guilt. You've probably said, I feel bad for dot, dot, dot multiple times over the three days. And so she's not wrong. And so I started counseling again last week. I'm always in counseling, but I got it back going more regularly to kind of work through that because I do, I like blame myself for everything, anything that goes wrong. Like talk through that. What does that mean? Like what, like, can you even give an example? Like what? Yeah. So say one of mine struggles with their stomach hurting or they're not, you know, having energy. I mean, it could be the dumbest thing where they're, they're struggling with body image. I'm like, Oh, I was a terrible leader in this. I didn't cook. I didn't exercise enough. And it could be anything from that to, I remember in sixth grade, I wasn't really, I was letting out the rope and let one of mine handle their grades. And I didn't notice that she had a C going into the end of the year. And so literally the whole school got up for AB honor roll. And she was sitting with like two crazy dudes in the audience. And I just looked over at her and she's crying. Then I start crying and I'm trying to play it cool. But I just thought this is my fault. Had I been watching the grades, she wouldn't have gotten that C. I could have encouraged her. Um, So for all those I learned, but they, I don't know if you feel it, Chris, like we do as moms, but like it is internal in me and it's not accurate. I'm not suggesting we all do this, but for a mom, there's something in us that makes it feel like we dropped the ball. I didn't do my job. Well, you said it a couple minutes ago that it's the thing you want to do the best at in your whole life, right? I mean, this is the, I think most, and I think dads feel that too. Like if there's one thing you want to ace it, but it's, there's not really an acing it. Like it's another human being that has their own stuff. And I actually made notes when I saw this was mom guilt. I was got very excited about it, but I made a bunch of notes and all the guilt things that moms, specifically moms with their kids that are on treatment or that have a kid that struggles or has special needs or like the families that are listening, like the guilt trip that maybe you caused something to go wrong, the guilt trip that you didn't do enough to find it fast or fixed it, the guilt that you're now not giving the other children enough attention, survivor guilt, even if things go great, then you have survivor guilt. I mean, there's, there's a, yeah. there's a long list of specifics. Those were just a few I jotted that's down. That's just a couple. That's, that's just, just a, a few. Yeah. In my spare that's time, a, that's, that's just the list, stuff I man. just jotted down. That's yeah. a list. Yeah, it's it's different. Um, it's a little different for men. It, from my perspective, I, I can't speak for all men. Um, I've not pulled. I think them. right now you are. Yeah. You are you. I've you're not, the dude on I've the not, podcast. Well, I am the dude <laughs> on the podcast, but I've not pulled all men. Um, but we're also in a little bit different season, so I can't really speak because I can't remember it well um, to when they were too much younger. Um, but being the you know the the adult slash teenagers that they are, Jan, I I I do we do have those conversations, and she does express um, the guilt, and so I spend a lot of time coaching her on 
uh, hey, you know, this is their story, not ours. We've raised them to oh, this point. So um, this is now, they are now shaping the story that they're going to tell. And, you know, for us, it's like, you know, when they're in, when they're in a small group or in a couple's group or in whatever it is one day and they're sharing their story, this is the story that you're now telling, not our story. And so we have to kind of release and let go of that. Now that's different when they're, you know, 10, 12, eight, you know, you know, than where they are today, because we're trying to raise them to be adults now and, and make those decisions. But you're also wanting to really start doing that in, in middle school. You don't want to wait because it's hard to flip the switch, right? You, you got to start doing some of yeah. those things like you were saying in sixth grade, starting to let the rope out a little bit. Um, but as a, as a dad, as a, a dude, um, <laughs> You know, I, I think I do. I think we do process it a, a little bit different. Um, I, I, I don't wear the, the guilt. Um, I don't just assume I don't carry any. It's not just I just yeah. don't. That's just not something that in my internal speech, yeah. that's yeah. not processing over and over. I probably problem solve more than I process, you yeah. know, guilt. I more think of, OK, how do I help them fix it right. versus yeah. what did I do to get them here? I do think I'm getting better at it. So there's hope for someone that's listening is like, oh my gosh, my kid's in first grade and you're still thinking this in high school. I think if you looked back at the <laughs> younger days of me, like I definitely am getting out of that thought loop faster. I know how to like approach it when I get in that cycle and what are some practical things to do that. And I think I'm realizing like in my head, I thought there was this giant parenting checklist and we go down the list and we're like in middle school, we do this. And then I'm like, I love a checklist, but I'm realizing there's absolutely no physical way to do all the things like you just can't like, and you're trying like teach them how to brush their teeth, um, teach them how to stranger danger. And what do you do when you run out of gas? Like you're just going through these adulting things. And at some point they're not going to know, and they're going to fall. And it's not on you. Like they are. So I think there's a lot at play, but I'm getting better. If that's a little bit of hope. Yeah. Jan, Jan and I will, will joke. Um, and we'll even joke with them now because they have the personalities and the wit and they're old enough to, to, to joke about it, but we'll literally, we'll joke and go, Hey, so do you think that's it? And we're like, do you think it's, oh, the thing that they're going to get counseling for? Yeah, that, that might be it. Um, because they're going, they're, our kids are going to need counseling or something. Because oh, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it perfect, right? They're, they're going to they're grow up out of our house. Regardless how intentional we try to be, like you said, to that this is our number one best job, biggest job. Uh, they're, they're gonna, there's going to be something that we didn't do right. Uh, and so Jan and I will just, talk. so do you think yeah. that's, that's the one that's yeah. the, that's going to be the yeah. trigger. Oh yeah. Trigger? We're going to start a fund. It was like, here's, <laughs> here's gift cards to your counselor. I do want to go back to what you said about the families with cancer, because as I've been a part of lighthouse, I think it always shifts your perspective to see like, I'm re I'm complaining about just something so stupid. And it's like their reality is so different than mine. And I love that they have each other. Like I can't convince another mom with a child in treatment that I know what that feels like. But when she's getting around other parents and the environments like Lighthouse, they're able to say, oh, you felt that too? Oh, you stay up worrying about that too? And it doesn't make it any less true. And you can try to convince somebody like, no, you did not cause this cancer, but it makes her probably feel so seen to say, and you know that from your story that like yeah. somebody else is spinning in that way. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. But I, I think, I don't think you have to have had a child with cancer to speak into mom guilt. And you said you had like some practical things because I think the, the actual mom guilt, it might be over different things, but it's got the same root and it has the same negative feelings and it's the same talk track in your mind. The words might be different, but it's the same thing that you're, and when I think back to the amount of time, that makes me a little sad. Like the amount of time I've spent 
on thinking. And when you said I problem solve and I'm sitting there going, well, that must be nice because I'm still just <laughs> obsessing over like I, I don't I don't go right to like, let's fix this. I'm like, I'm beating myself up first and then later we'll figure out how to fix it. But I think the the ideas and the um, practical tips you might have, it, it doesn't matter that your child doesn't have cancer or whatever. It's the same talk track. And so I'd love to hear some of the things you said it's getting better. Like, I'd love to hear some of the things that you do that kind of help you because it might help somebody that's listening. For sure. I think one of the main things is who I surround myself with and who I'm listening to and who I'm learning from. Um, Chris, I think you probably knew Regina Williams, Bill and Regina Williams, but she was my mentor when we lived in Atlanta, which by the way, we're in Dallas now. I don't know if I said that. But she was so good. One of the very first things she's taught me, I think I was, Ella was a baby when I went through her mentorship program. And she said, there's a difference between condemnation and convicting. And when a convicting voice is coming in, it can be the Holy Spirit saying like, you may be too busy or, Hey, I need you spending more time with me. Like it's an encouraging, but condemnation is like shame. It's like the meanest voice you've ever heard. And that is not from the Lord. And so I think there's a big differentiation to start looking at that and say, like one of example I tried to write down was like a conviction lately for me in the last three years was like, I just didn't have much joy. And God was really pushing on me. Like you're one of the most joyful people out there. Like, where did that go? So I've been kind of facing that, but I don't feel bad. It was just kind of like this interesting nudge to kind of pursue that more. And then it would come up again. Condemnation. Like I said, was like, if they have a health struggle, it's your fault. You are a loser. You are lazy. You can't, you lack self-discipline. You've, you know, you've ruined them in this area. So, so, and it would just escalate and escalate. So the other thing, and this is a North point term, but dial in, dial out, I would say dial out the things that escalate your guilt. So like if it's the people you're around and that's all they do is talk about all the things we are terrible at, or if a certain social media, if it's a podcast like mine and you just, you get off of it and you feel guilty. I'm like, don't listen, like, don't listen. But if you dial in the things that will, um, you know, I'd probably said it wrong, dial out the things that escalate the guilt and dial in the things that deescalate that just like, if it's a friend that kind of resets your mind, if it's music, if it's time in the word, if it's prayer, like, and you come before the Lord and say, I cannot let this go. Like, I know this isn't from you, but I can't stop thinking about it. Will you help just upset that time frame? Cause we don't want to be stewing on that for a, a week, months, you know, and maybe it's a counselor. Like I have to get with my counselor and say, why? Is this a one track roller coaster that I can't get off of as my friend Sissy says? I think that's the whole idea for the people you surround yourself with. And you said it about lighthouse, but it doesn't just have to be lighthouse. If you're going through something hard, find the other people that are going through something hard, be courageous to have vulnerability with them because they're the ones that are going to say, no, you're, you're doing okay. And we do this too. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for everybody. And it's not just you and all those things that you can tell yourself, but it means more when someone else says it out loud to you. And yeah. that, that's imp- the yeah. community aspect yeah. of that is important. Courtney, is there anything specific that you, um, that you're listening to or that you're reading that is those, the things that you dial in? Uh, um, focusing right on? now, because my job is podcasting, I am being, being very specific and particular about who I have on. And so like today I got to interview Levi Lesko, which is somebody that I've for years have um, listened to his wisdom. And so I'm trying to selfishly do my job, but learn at the same time. So got to do Max Licato a couple of days ago. And so I'm trying to really take each conversation as if I am sitting before that person one-on-one asking like, what would you have for me? And hoping that I relate it to other moms, but that has been taking a lot of my time lately, but I have a bunch of podcasts I listen to. And sometimes I'm overwhelmed and can't take in the information 
Um, I have some really good friends. Jeannie Cunyon is one of them. That's a Bible teacher, but also a really good friend. She's probably my first call outside of Ron. Ron is a great equalizer. He's like, why are you still thinking about that? Yeah. Well, he's the one that needed zero things for therapy. Like he had zero. So he's like, you know, if anything, he needs to care a little more. He's like, everyone's terrible. <laughs> everyone's losers. Don't care about that. And I'm over here like caring about the entire world. So, um, so yeah, just friends that I trust their, um, wisdom friends that I trust their judgment. Um, Sissy and David Goff, Sissy Goff and David Thomas are two counselors out of Nashville. I like binge their podcast because they're coming from a counseling perspective. Hmm. Um, so those are a couple. Yeah, that's good. Thank you for that. That's really helpful. I love the counseling perspective because if you are listening and you've thought about counseling, but it just seems hard or you don't have the resources, you can go to a podcast. No, they're not talking to you specifically, but you can still get things out of it um, and go through that way to start counseling journey. Yeah. And really look at like Sissy's does this and Karen Stubbs. I know you guys have had on. They're very good about having the topic. And so you can kind of scroll through like one time I was going in to have a, I wouldn't say altercation, a meeting with some other moms that it was going to be tricky. It was about the girls. And I was scrolling through Karen's um, podcast in the parking, like, please help me, help me. And there was one about like meeting with other parents when the emotions are high. And so I listened to it for 15 minutes, like got my heart settled, got some biblical wisdom before I went in there. And so I think if you are drawn to certain voices, like you don't have to listen to all of them. It's like scroll through even the lighthouse podcast and be like, yes, that is the thing I'm dealing with. They posted it a year ago, but I just need some conversation about this, especially in a season when you're lonely. If maybe, you know, you're at home a lot or you work alone or you're at the hospital with your kid. Like there's times when a podcast feels like, oh, I have a friend in this. Yeah. Right. And they're just easy to download and, and have access to. And you can listen, pause, listen, pause. It's just, yeah. And it can be, it can really be encouraging, right? Yeah. The words that you hear. Um, you know, a lot of experience talking with folks about parenting, your own season of parenting, learning from others in parenting, you're in the season of high school um, now. So you've got some things that you can look back on, right? And say, okay, I learned in these seasons. Um, so say there's a mom out there that's got kids in, in elementary school or middle school. Like, What's some of the things, one or two of the things that you learned about parenting in those seasons? Would you say elementary or middle school? Elementary, middle school. Yeah. When, in, the, in one of those seasons. Yeah. I, a friend of mine, Kay Wama said this to me one time. She said, I love my kids. Of course, who doesn't? But I really like who they are. And that like stuck with me because I thought like, I don't, and even our friend, Wendy Henderson was like, I don't dread the season ahead. Like they're cool people. They're evolving. Like I love them as high schoolers. Are they challenging? Yes. Are middle schoolers really smelly and sometimes annoying for sure. But there's a lot to like about like in elementary school, eight to 10 to me is like the sweetest spot ever. Like they like who you are. They're able to shower. So there's a good thing in every season and I would look for that. So I've tried to get to know my kids and who they are as individuals a lot. And I think Karen probably talked about this, but learning and studying who they are and how not to just discipline from that, but even speak into their love languages, take them to the place they like to eat get to know what's really underneath there. Cause they can be little like Christian puppets. It's like, all is good. All is good. Um, and then I love getting to know their friends. I love being the place where their friends come and, you know, I try to have the salad she likes and the drink that she likes and just saying yes to spend the night parties. Like we want you here. Cause I get to know another side of my kid when she's around friends that she's comfortable with. And I get to know that a lot of kids are needing someone in their corner. Like they need adults in their corner. And that's what lighthouse for my kids. Like y'all know them so well, they love distancing themselves from me and going into that environment. And they're like, you know, Hey, Chris, Hey, Julie. like they know people and they feel 
you know, just, they feel seen there and it's a really special part. Plus you're teaching your girls to create community, which I love. Like you're teaching them by you opening your house and having the special things and being like the yes person, you're teaching them to then do that for themselves, like make it a priority Mm -hmm. and then also do it, you know, someday when they're not with you and they're creating their own community, like not in their home, they'll be able to do it well. Can I say one thing as you're saying that this kind of connects the whole thing. So mom gal is high with my friends that are working a lot and I have more flexibility. So someone hearing that would be like, I'm literally never home. Like I can't have a party. I'm not, we don't all have to be the house, but what we do need to do as parents that are offering help. And I'm sure this happens in the cancer community. We're offering help because we can not feel like it's a scoreboard. So I have some moms that work full time and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, thank you. I feel so bad. I'm going to have your daughter next week. I'm like, no, like, just let me get her. Like, it is not a big deal. I'm going to get Larson. Let me get her too. We're going the same direction. So I think on us that can provide support and help, we have to just say, let me do this. It is my joy. It I'm offering, let me just pick her up or, one of my friend's um, parents, a grandmother died and I just, she would not accept help. So I went to her house and I said, can she spend the night tonight? I was like at her door and she was like, okay, that would be the best thing ever. But it was like against her grain to agree to anything or say like, and then like on the receiving, we have to get used to it because those of us that love to serve are ter- me, number one, I'm terrible yeah. at receiving. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, just full circle on the guilt and being able to share that role as a village and with other parents is a really big part of it. I think that's really great. And I don't think that's just the moms. I think no, a yeah. lot of dads do that too. It's like, they oh, I, I get, I'll get next time or I'll get, and it's like, yeah, I'm, it's not a tip. Tick it's for tack. hard it's, to be on the it's receiving end. It's yeah. It's okay that that I'm helping, and you don't have to repay that. This is a, I'm I'm here helping, and and yeah. that's how this goes. And it's, it's that's okay. That's how community goes if we're doing it right, and if we're if someone is abusing that, and you're like they've taken your you've taken their kid for three years, and they've never even said thank you. Well, you might need to have some boundaries, <laughs> but for the most part, if you're truly walking in community, like that's the that's the way. It, should go. I think that's the way Jesus would have modeled it. Like we would show up at the need or at the nudging of the Lord versus doing it to gain something. I don't know. It's yep. different. It's good. It's when good. those of us who are bad at accepting help, then accept <laughs> help, but for real, cause I was horrible at it, but it makes you a better helper later on because you've allowed yourself to accept it. You've, and, and I was so bad at it that someone had to sit me down and like have a little chat with me and basically said, she flat out said I was denying the hands and feet of Jesus where I was just like, no, 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 like that. No, I just don't. It, I feel bad. I feel bad at having people help me all the time because we were in a season where we needed help all the time. And when you can twist it and look at that, that you're doing somebody, you're blessing somebody by allowing them to bless you. Don't you feel blessed when you, that's why we do it. Cause it, we get more out of it than, than we're giving. And when you can twist it and spin it that way, then it makes it easier to accept help knowing one, it's a season you'll be able, you'll have another season where you can give back, but accept that there are seasons where you're going to be on the other end and it's just going to make you better and better able to serve it's important. with the caveat that you could say, no, ma'am, you can't come over every Tuesday at 10. Like I think you could say like, and I'm boundaries. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. like when Ron had his stint with cancer and just, you know, last year, there were some ways that I was like, this is helpful, but this is actually not helpful. Like this will actually make me more stressed out. And so it is a delicate balance to say, yes, please. And when it's like the secret sauce, the best nudge ever is when the Holy spirit nudges one person, then he nudges the other person to say yes. And then when it comes together, they can look back and be like, I had no idea I needed that. Like I had no idea that that thing, that meal would turn into this relationship would turn into this support 
for the child or the sibling. And so those are the like beautiful spots of like divine appointments where you're like, and they're not all like that, but like you said, we got to be open that he might be doing more than the casserole perhaps. Right. Yep. Yep. And it's, you never forget it when that happens either. It's just like a special memory that you always have. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, tell us more about your ministry. Like where can people find you? your podcast, all the things you, you're an author. You're so sweet. Yeah. Cornydefeo.com. I don't spend a lot of time there, but it's kind of like an online business card. If you want to just hunt around of the things I'm up to, but mainly part in the mess podcast on Instagram. And it's a part of the Christian parenting network. And I'm having a blast. It's probably the best job I've had in a long, long time. And I don't have to do all the things I'm terrible at. Christian parenting handles the booking of people and the editing. And I just truly get to sit in this closet of an office and, and learn and get to know people and, and learn from some pretty amazing people. Yeah. It sounds like that's pretty great. Who's been your favorite. Oh, that's hard. I really love. And see, I can ask you that because I've not been on it yet. <laughs> no, you're coming. <laughs> you're on it. He's, he's trying to get himself an invite and then he'll ask again. I think when there's a lot of different stories, but for example, Chris and Lauren Tomlin, we go way back. I think everyone, um, I was thinking earlier, everyone at Atlanta is like one degree of separation from North Point, Chick-fil-A, Lighthouse. We're all kind of all this big, happy family, but I met Lauren at North Point and then she later married Chris Tomlin. And I think people know their names and they've sang his songs for years, but just to hear them as two parents and mm-hmm. what they're struggling with and to hear like how his career got started as like a like high schooler, wimpy little high schooler playing a couple songs and a blessing that was spoken over his life. And it was about, you will be, your songs will be heard around the world. It's like, just like, there's just moments you're like, this is the good stuff. And so I I really love a friend because it doesn't take long to get started. We can get to the meat faster when I know the person. So that's awesome. Love that. We know Chris and and Lauren as well. And they've they're Yeah. They're just great people. Yeah. 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 Who's your favorite Courtney DeFeo on the lighthouse podcast. Courtney DeFeo is in the top. 10. Wow. <laughs> I was going to say like five and up, but you know. Uh, come on. That's just fun. I don't care who you are out there. It's listen. That's just funny. And probably accurate. Maybe top 25. <laughs> just funny. Oh my gosh. Our family loves you guys. We love Lighthouse. It's just, it was the only thing Ella cried over during the pandemic when everything shut down, when she realized that Lighthouse wasn't happening, there were actual tears. Yeah, there were here, were here too. too. Yeah. Lot, yeah. Lot of here's a here. special place. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you guys. Thank you, Courtney, for making some time, sharing some of your wisdom. We really do appreciate it. All the things you've learned. It's been really great. I know there's some folks that are listening that thought it was pretty awesome as well. So thanks for for doing this. We really appreciate you. You're kind. And Chick-fil-A spirit, it's my pleasure. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So glad we got to have some time with Courtney. I know she's super busy, super grateful for her time. I love just the reminder of importance of community and the voices that you kind of allow surround yourself with mm-hmm. and how that can change what you're thinking. Yeah. She's got some great parenting yep. insight. Um and she just, yeah, she's living it. And then she's also learning from a lot of great people. Yes. And so she's just passing that that learning on. It's really great. Yeah. And um, I mean, what better way to finish uh, than um, say, have a great week and go dogs. War Eagle. <laughs>